This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Sorry for the late podcast. Usually it's out Friday morning. Listen, didn't know the event was going to go on, right? I take this seriously. I deep dive in. Wasn't sure if the event was going to go on, but it looks like it is. No fans, which I think is smart. Let's get out of the way, right? Uh, you probably are listening to this to probably get an escape from 24-7 coronavirus uh, updates. I had to delete my Facebook. It was too much, right? It, all this negativity. There are guys on there, people on there that are just they're they're just trying to get like panic. They're trying to issue panic, right? They're putting up junk science. They're putting up these crazy things. And it's just, it's not fair for people who are like me. I have an anxiety disorder. However, I'm doing really well. I'm not, uh, and, I, and I'm a self-diagnosed hypochondriac. I'm not worried about it. I'm not freaking out, but there are people who do have that set problems and getting on these things. And it's just not good. It's going to freak everybody out. However, obviously it's a big deal. I didn't know how big of a deal it was besides until this week. I think that's pretty much everybody, right? I knew it was coming, but I didn't think it was, you know, whatever. But the most important thing is you got to cancel some things. You got to live kind of a boring life for two weeks. You got to get shut in for a month, 30 days, whatever. Um, so we can flatten the curve. That's what all scientists say. I've, I've done research. And also, so you can stop the spread, right? That's what they don't do in other countries. That's what they didn't do in other countries. And the spread is, is much more severe. So um, just, you know, it sucks because my vacation in the summer might get canceled. My grandparents told me we go down there and see them. They live in a retirement community. They said that it might not happen if this doesn't clear up. No one really knows. Everyone says 30 days, two weeks, but no one really knows. That's what the estimate was. And then um, and then Columbus, UFC Columbus obviously got canceled. We all got moved to Vegas. So, you know, I'm not going to that. But as much as it bums me out, as upset as I am, if that's going to prevent spread of this virus that can harm hundreds of thousands, millions, millions of people, then that's, that's the sacrifice I'm going to take. I'm built for indoors, guys. Okay. I don't like going outside. I'm Garfield. I'm an indoor cat. I've said that forever. I don't love being outside. I'll go outside if I'm doing an activity, if I have to go outside, if my, you know, if there's, you know, daughter, I've been going outside more and more because of, of, of the daughter, but I'm an inside guy. Okay. Get me in front of a computer. Get me in front of a TV, AC, you know, Netflix movies, whatever. Not a big outdoor guy. So if they're going to tell me two weeks in isolation, quarantine whatever you want to call it yeah yeah wife went to the store today we stocked up right i think she fist fought somebody for uh no toilet paper but we fist fought somebody for uh, flushable wipes and she won you know training's been paying off but no honestly it's a big deal i don't want to make light of it i don't want to talk about it too much because again you're trying to get an escape from that i will say i feel like the media is The media thrives with negativity. They thrive with negative stories. You don't hear about the good stories. You hear about the gloom and doom because everyone panics. Everyone tunes into that. That, you know, half the America probably has some kind of anxiety, panic disorder, hypochondriac, whatever. They tune in because they, you know, even that it's not healthy for them. They have to know. And that's like everyone in America, you know, they, they want to know. And I, and again, I've joked about it. It is a serious thing. Um, I don't think the virus itself is like Ebola, but 
it spreads so easily that it's important to to not spread it. So again, Columbus got canceled, which I was very excited for. Possibly my vacation in Wilmington, which I love so so much. Weekend there that might be canceled, but my you know my grandparents are on basically lockdown because you know they're ninety. They're in that target demographic where if they get sick, it might be over for them. So uh i don't want to risk anything right and, and and i have a daughter now which you know there's a bunch of different rumors where it affects kids differently it doesn't affect kids whatever i don't know i'm not taking any chances so um that is what but listen we got to fight you know sports are canceled nba is canceled everything's canceled except the ufc fans are going to be in attendance but it's gonna be on espn tomorrow they wait in today i'm doing this friday at one so all the weigh-ins have happened um typically i do it a couple days before the weigh-in so it's kind of nice doing it but uh i'm I'm pushing this out as quickly as i can because like i said i didn't want to do all the work all the prep if the fight wasn't going to happen i'm glad it's happening a lot of people are throwing shots at the ufc for not canceling it not safety of the fighters uh from all accounts the doctors and everyone in brazil check the fighters and ask them if they want to fight i think if you if if a fighter said no i don't want to fight i just want to go home i'm you know i'm nervous i'm scared whatever they should have got paid the show money, right? Let them go home. Let the fight get canceled. Whoever wants to fight fights. Kevin Lee had a nice quote. Like, you know, I'm not going to stop living my life. Let's, let's give these people some entertainment. It's going to be a huge fight. He goes and misses weight, but it's going to be a big fight. And, and I think people need that, right? And I think a lot of online experts uh, said, you know, why don't you move it to the Apex? You have that. They have done that with the Columbus and the Portland card. Khabib, Tony, uh, listen, um, that's the big one. Uh, Brooklyn, New York's getting hit hard. I think obviously people, experts, whoever you listen to, whatever, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Probably more people are going to get infected. Probably, unfortunately, more deaths. Um, but you know, we gotta, we gotta cut that, you know, with the, with, with the no traveling and, and all that stuff, which I think is smart. I think the next step was probably no domestic flights and everything. Trump is making an announcement in like two hours right now, probably something about a national emergency, which again, I don't really know what that is. I think it's the government can step in with for the states and pay. I don't know. I don't want to sound like an idiot. However, we're talking about fights, everybody. So let's get into it. UFC Brasilia. I'm glad it's happening. Hopefully, all these people are talking about, well, there's no sports. There's no sports. Listen, there's MMA. There's MMA on Saturday. There's MMA tonight. Bellator tonight. Pitbull versus Carvalho. Uh, interesting fight. Matt Matrion, I believe, fight tonight. I don't know the card in depth. I'm excited to see Pitbull fight because he's one of those guys where I don't think he's that good and he goes out there and fucking destroys. So, you know, what the fuck do I know? All right, next, first fight of the night. Let's get into it. Oh, before I start, uh, MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube. Probably going to be hard to find. Have one video up with Austin, the Jelly Bean video, uh, the video pick for this card. I'm not going to tell you which fight it is. That will be up either today or tomorrow. Um, I'll post on Instagram. I'll post it on Twitter and stuff like that. I'll send links out. Subscribe, right? Let's subscribe to it. Uh, I'm going to be posting more content there, uh, spread it out a little bit more. And if I'm quarantined for two weeks, right? If, if like the rest of America, if I'm stuck in my house for two weeks, I'm going to put out content every day. I might do a podcast every day. I mean, I mean, that's just the way it's going to happen. So get used to it. Get used to it. First fight of the night. Let me pull up my, uh, my thing here. Okay. Here we go. Huh? You guys ready? Let's do it. Veronica Machado, who is 6-3-1, right? She's fighting B. Malecki, who is 1-0. Machado is a minus 25 favorite. Malecki is a plus 150 underdog. Um, I know Machado or Masato. can't pronounce her name. I, I've seen her fight before. I've never seen B. Malecki fight from Sweden. Um, 
And uh, what, what? let's see here. Yeah, so she has one win on the UFC. She fought Duda Santana. She was on the Ultimate Fighter, right? So she's obviously got to have some kind of kickboxing background if, if she's getting a shot at the UFC with basically her pro debut coming off the Ultimate Fighter. However, she was huge at the weigh-ins. She looked, she dwarfed Macedo. Dwarfed her. And Macedo's coming off a loss, I believe. Um, I believe, yeah. Well, just come out of a win over Pollyanna Viana, but everyone beats Pollyanna Viana. And then Jillian Robertson, uh, rear naked choke. She lost to Jillian Robertson, rear naked choke. So, Macedo, a lot of people like her. She's the favorite here at minus 25. I'm going opposite. I'm going underdog. I'm going B. Malecki for the simple fact that she's fucking giant. I don't know what Machado's going to do. Machado, Machado, potato, potato. I don't know how to fucking say her name. B. Malecki is so much bigger than her. I see that size. Usually, or sometimes in MMA, size won't matter. But with the women, um, and not to be sexist, but with the women, they're not evolved as much as the men. So I think the size is going to be a problem for Machado. I don't think this is uh, a, you know, a, a right matchup for her because B. Malecki at the weigh-in, the picture I saw, she looked giant. Unfortunately, I do not remember the Duda Santa fight, but you know, is what it is. All right, next up, Bruno, Sant- uh, Bruno Santana. Bruno Silvia, 10-4-2. He's a plus 100 underdog. He's fighting David Never going to get this fucking last name. Dovrak? Um, isn't there a fucking YouTuber, David Do- Dovrak? Isn't this a, is this a YouTuber? He's 17 and 3. He's a minus 125 favorite. Making his UFC debut. This guy, the David Dovrak, the guy I cannot pronounce. A lot of people like this guy. A lot of people on MMA Twitter that I respect. I respect their knowledge. I looked up some film. He looked very explosive. He looked very, very good. A lot of guys I respect online. Love this kid and a 125 pound fighter coming in on a what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 fight win streak. And he's got them all from rear naked choke to KO to punch, you know, punches and elbows to whatever. He's finishing people first, second, first round, a lot of first round, a lot of second. This guy's a fucking killer, right? Um, Bruno Silva uh, has lost in the UFC. I think he lost his last time out, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Khalidi Taha submitted him uh, in the uh, third round by arm triangle choke. It was a back-and-forth fight. His UFC debut. I can understand why he's the underdog here. I'm going to take Dovrak. I'm going to take the minus-125 favorite. I actually like that line a lot. If you're allowed out of your house, if you live near a casino, if you live in a state where you can bet, go on FanDuel, hammer this fight. I really, really like this fight for David Dovrak. I think he's a little low for whatever reason, um, but I like him in this spot. I like him uh, to win big. Bruno Silva, kind of a one-trick pony. Uh, solid Solid all around, but again, jack or, jack of all trades, master of none, is that what they say? Um, I haven't got the sip button yet. I need to get the drink button. I'm going to take a drink, boys. Apologize. All you ASMR people, you know, put your bonus away. But I like David here, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'll listen to the broadcast and see how they do it, but I think he's a killer, and I'm going to I'm gonna ride with the guys on Twitter that I listen to. I did look up tape. He does look very, very solid, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with the guys I know. All right, next up, Marar, Mara, Bruno Silva, Mara Silva versus Maria Marna. They have like the same fucking name, Marana Morose. 93 versus six and oh. Silva is a minus one forty favorite. Morose is a plus one ten underdog. This is if you like spaghetti and meatball. And I I spaghetti meatball this fight. Right? I didn't want to waste spaghetti and meatballs because you know it's fucking hard to get a hold of at this point so what i did was i just you know kind of closed my eyes and went and it landed on silva so silva is gonna win this fight she's brazilian they're fighting in brazil i've never been impressed morose but so we're gonna give it to silva right favorite should you bet it Ah, why not right nothing else on tv just go ahead and bet it 
What do you do? Go ahead and bet it, right? I'm getting fucking blown up on Texas here. What do we got? What do we got here? Jeez. Bunch of, bunch of idiots. All right, next up. Good fight. Ronnie Yaya. Hani Yanya. I think he wants to go by Ronnie now because Brazilian guys are trying to go with the American pronunciation. But, I mean, his name's Hani Yaya. Hani Yaya, who is 26 and 10. He's a plus 155 underdog. He's fighting Enrique Borzola. Who is 18 and 5 and 1. He's a minus 190 favorite. Going down a bantamweight weight from featherweight is Barzola. Solid prospect. Good wrestler. This fight had me my mind in a pretzel a little bit. A little bit of a pretzel. Because um Barzola coming down in weight, right? Making the weight cut, making the travel. Yaya, fantastic on the ground. Old dude, big underdog. I feel like this is a good underdog play for most people at one 155. Barzola hasn't really lit the world on fire at 145. So either he's going to be a dud at 135 or he's going to be a beast. Good wrestler, all around, all around good fighter, has lost to a lot of competition. Yanni Yaya has been around forever, man. This is his 37 fight. Dude doesn't fuck around. But I think he's slipping. I think he's getting a little up there. So the popular pick would be Yanni Yaya because if Barzola takes a fight to the ground, he's in trouble. I don't think Yaya is going to be able to get Barzola to the ground. It's going to come to like a striking match. Yaya obviously has a little bit of problems on his feet. I'm sure he's working on it. But with the old age and everything and Barzola being the much bigger man, I I can't ride with the underdog here. I can't take it as much as I want to give you that fucking underdog. As much as I want to tell you you're running Yaya. I'm going to go with Barzola here. I don't love it. I don't love the pick. But I'm going to go with Barzola. Um, Just he's bigger and physical. and, And if he really doesn't. As long as he doesn't play the fucking ground game with Yaya, I think he's going to be okay. But if he does play the ground game, then then we're going to be in some trouble. Um, but I think he can probably avoid the ground and box him up and get a win in Brazil. But it's not going to be easy, right? Not going to be easy. Probably a fight I would uh, I would stay away from. I'm not super confident in that. Next up, Elizo Zizeki. He was 21 and 6. He's a minus 130 favorite. He is fighting Alexi Kuchinko, who is 20 and 1. Ever since Alexei Chichenko came into the UFC, I have betted on him every single time. His only loss in his career, UFC career, and career in general was Gilbert Burns, who was fighting on this card, and who was on fire. Kuchenko is like a point fighter. He's not a killer. He's hard to take down. He likes to strike, but he likes to strike on his own terms. He sticks with his own pace. Gilbert Burns kind of mixed everything up on him and really threw him off and, and, and kind of took over that fight. Kuchenko's conditioning is not great. I can see why he's a slight underdog here. Z- uh, Alyssa Zizeki is a guy a lot of people really were high on. They really like this guy. And then he goes out there and gets knocked out by the leech, which, um, you know, leech just got kind of embarrassed by Neil Magny. So he doesn't have a signature win yet. I mean, Sean Strickland and, and Max Griffin are both pretty good wins, but, uh, and I guess Lyman good too. I guess he has some pretty signature wins. However, I'm, I'm addicted to betting Alexi Kachenko. I like the underdog here underdog. and I'll tell you why. Uh, I like him here for two reasons, because I think he can outpoint Zalecki. I think Zalecki's wild. He's got that Capoeira style. It's in Brazil. The crowd's not going to be there, so it's not going to be uh, whooping and hollering or whatever the fuck they do. Zalecki throws some wild shit, and I think uh, Kachenko's more under control, straight down the middle. And typically, I like guys that are a little offbeat, that are a little wild, but I think Kachenko's style is going to play really good for Zalecki here. Plus, he's an underdog, and I think he could... He has more ways to win. I think if it goes to the ground, he'll be all right. I think if he stands up, it's all right. It's going to be a point fight. Bet this fight to go to the decision. I'll see either guy finishing each other. Um, but, you know, it should be entertaining. At least first couple of rounds, I, I see Kachenko maybe 
pulling away in that third with just his volume and, and, and his different angles and whatnot. All right, next up, we got Amanda Hibas, who is 8 and 1. She's a minus 325 favorite versus Raina Marcos, who's 10, 7, and 1. Plus 250 underdog. I've had some really good luck in my career betting on Raina Marcos as an underdog. Really good luck. I had her a couple times at underdog, right? Her wrestling is really impressive. The last time she fought, she was an underdog. I took her, I believe I picked with Devin. And she fought, uh, it wasn't the last time she fought. She fought Claudia Gadea, which I thought she won, right? What, what, what fight was that? Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm misremembering. Maybe it was her last fight. So she fought somebody. It could have been the Yoder because she won by split decision. She didn't wrestle. She just struck the whole time. She wouldn't use her wrestling. I thought she'd wrestle Yoder. Claudia Gadea, I thought she won, and she lost the decision. So it must have been the Yoder fight. However, Brandon Marcos is in the story here. Many he bosses the story. She destroyed Mackenzie Dern. All accounts is this girl out of South Florida, Brazilian girl that changed that American top team, is a fucking killer. She's the next one. The next one to the next one. She's that good. I'm going to go rock with Hebas here. I know the line's steep at minus 325. It is a woman's fight. I don't love betting women's fight in general when lines are this high because anything can happen. Watch fucking Macy Barber. But Amanda Hebas is getting hyped up enough. I'm buying the hype. I'm bought in on her. And uh, if Randa Marcos isn't going to wrestle, she's going to have a fucking world of trouble in this fight. So I'm going to go with Hebas. But I wouldn't be shocked if Marcos comes out and wins she can't win two fights in a row she just can't she's won one lost one so statistically she's due for a loss so we'll see if she can get that two wins in a row if not he boss is gonna eat her fucking lunch up all right next up who's for me i love saying that 23 and 13 right what is he 23 and 6 i'm sorry juicy he is minus 165 favorite he is fighting brandon moreno who was 16 5 and 1 do you guys hear that i don't know what is what is that dogs dogs you like dogs oh dogs sure this is MMA takes underdog lock of the night. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. But Brandon Moreno blew my dick off with how much he improved in that Kai Car France fight. Juicier Formiga has a win over Devinson Figueroa, who just beat Joe B. I know he's not the champion, but he's got a win over the, the guy who just basically won the championship, even though he missed weight. Juicy has also lost to Joe B twice. So this is a big win for Formiga because if Formiga can get by him and they don't rematch Joe B. Devison, he could look bad at a, sh- a title shot. Moreno looks so good against Kai Car France. People don't realize Kai Car France, again, not an elite 125er just yet, still young. So, but the pace he keeps up, the gym that he's from, they don't lose much. Moreno outboxed him. And when they went to the ground, Moreno's strongest on the ground just dominated. Moreno was a dog in there. Formiga is trying to get better with striking, but it's a problem with him. He's going to try to get Moreno to the ground. My biggest problem is Moreno, very confident in jiu-jitsu. He plays the back game a lot, right? He has no urgency to get up. Formiga will take a fucking ankle. He'll take your knee. He'll take your fucking neck home with you. What I want is I want Brandon Moreno to box him, box him smart from the outside, Get nasty. He got nasty with Kai Lowe, but he was taunting him. He was putting his chin out there. He took some big shots from Kai and just fucking walked through him. Do that with Formiga. Get funky in there. Get nasty. You're a nice little underdog here. If you go into Brazil and beat Juicy Formiga, which is a very, very hard thing to do. Not many people can do it. Devin Severo couldn't do it. Then you're looking at like a title shot off. Like the next fight for Brandon Moreno, whoever wins his next fight with him was fighting for the title if they keep the division. I'm all on on Brandon Moreno. I picked against him last time. He literally blew me away in that Kai Car France fight. I know he's young. 
I know his uh, gym situation is kind of funky. Trains out of uh, California Baja. Used to go to Arizona. Does he do it in California? It's, it's, it's a little sketchy. However, whatever he's doing from last fight is working. I'm going Brandon Moreno. That's a nice underdog. He's a plus 135. Nice change on your money there. I love it. I love it. He's my dog in the night, my lock in the night, my underdog lock in the night, Brandon Moreno. All right, next up, Francisco Trinaldo is 24 and 7. He is minus 170 favorite. He's fighting John McDessie, who's 17 and 6, who's a plus 140. Unless Trinaldo's a huge star in Brazil, I'm not really sure why this is on the main card and Moreno Formiga's not. Um, Trinaldo, again, I've said it before, he looks like the dad from Friday, RIP. Um, he looks to be 75 years old, right? They say he's 40 ish, but really, I mean, does Brazilian people have birth certificates? Cause I want to see it. This guy's 75 McDessey, a guy who kind of fights like a a little bit early on in his career. He's starting to step it a little bit up a little bit with his volume, with his aggressiveness, but he's, he's definitely like a point fighter. Trinaldo is going to march forward. Neither of these guys really like to take a lot of chances. I think if anyone's going to take a chance, it's going to be Trinaldo. Going to mix in some takedowns, going to miss in some big strikes. He throws heavier strikes than McDessey. McDessey throws some nice kicks. He's the faster fighter, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm i leaning Trinaldo here. I'm, I'm going to pick Trinaldo at minus 170. Don't love this fight, right? I don't typically don't like a John McDessey fight. I know he left Faraz. He's at a new camp now. Don't know if that was the smartest thing to do. Faraz is one of the best coaches in the world. Uh, again, Trinaldo, he must be a big star in Brazil. I really am understand. I'm trying to understand this card placement. I've never been blown away by him. If, I, if I'm being honest with you, his claim of fame is beating Paul Fodder by that cut. You know, he's got some good wins. He hasn't won. You know, he hasn't had a good win in a while. He's a tough dude. He's a tough dude to finish, but. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to pick him just based on it's in Brazil, even though there's no crowd there, he's going to be aggressive and, and, and probably push the action a little bit, probably go to decision. He could cut McDexy. Fuck if I know. All right, next up fight. I'm really looking forward to Johnny Walker, minus 150, 17 and four versus Nikita Krylov, 26 and seven plus 120 underdog. The line to me is kind of crazy, right? Because Johnny Walker if he would have beat Corey Anderson, wouldn't be fighting on this, or he'd be headlining the the paper or the event probably more than likely. Um, he looked really bad against Corey Anderson, and I didn't like how he handled the loss. He blamed it on his coaches. He left his coaches. Now, listen, leaving your coaches and going to train with Frost is there's no there's nothing wrong with that, right? But leaving your coaches and then throwing them under the bus after a really bad loss, isn't the good look. He's kind of childish anyway with what he does. So if he loses another one to a guy that he's favored to beat, to a guy who I think he should beat, what's going to happen to him then, right? I'm still impressed with Johnny Walker. I think his athleticism is really good. I think his striking is unique. He's powerful. Um, He's always talking about how he wants to test his ground game. He wants to go three rounds. He wants to test his cardio. Nikita Krylov's a solid dude. You know, he's had one shot in the UFC, got cut, got fired, came back. One and two in his current run, um, you know, all, all around pretty good. You know, probably if I if I had to guess, you would want to get this fight to the ground, you know. But I like Johnny Walker in this fight. I'm, he's my lock, lock, lock in the night. My under my my lock on the card, my mortal lock in the night, not just underdog favorite lock in the night. And he's gonna send him home. I think he's gonna fucking send Nikita Krylov home, crying. I think he's gonna win by pretty brutal knockout. I think it's gonna come. I think Nikita Krylov's gonna clinch a lot. It's gonna be a little bit slower pace. I think. Walker's going to come out a little more measured since he's with Frost. Frost isn't going to take away his explosiveness. He's not going to take away 
what makes Johnny Walker Johnny Walker, but he's going to kind of maybe shape it and form it to the way that, you know, is useful. So you're not so wild out there and you're going to get clipped by a random punch and some wrestler with two knockouts on his record is not going to knock you out. Shots fired at Corey Anderson. Um, I like Johnny Walker big in this fight, though. I do. I, I, I see a lot of sharps. I see a lot of wise, wise guys. Huh? See him picking Nikita, which, again, you play the number. You don't play the fighter. If Nikita was higher, besides plus 120, I, I would be I would be interested in it. I do just think Johnny Walker, this is a good spot for him. All right, next up, Renato Morcano, 13-3-1. He's a minus-335 favorite. He's fighting Demir. How's it, Vesavak? Sure. 13-5. and five, He's a plus-255 underdog. Uh, you know, Demir's had a lot of fights in UFC, and none of them have been memorable to me. I remember the Marcin Hell fight because he'd need him or something. Other than that, it's very, very unmemorable. Uh, Renaka Mokano was a beast at 145. He's making his debut at 155. Dropped some skids, you know, got knocked out by a Korean zombie. Uh, what did, did Frank get him? Frankie Edgar get him? Um, those are two okay losses. That's not, that's not the worst loss in the world. His chin's been a little bit of a problem. He's, he's a powerhouse on the ground. He's really good on the ground. If he gets a fight to the ground, he's on top. At least his ground and pounds really, really fucking nasty. But his striking is good too. His leg kicks are good. All that's good, but he his chin's a little bit of an issue. Um, with that being said, I, I like that he jumped up in weight. I like that he went to 155. And uh, who did he lose to, Renate Mocano? Was it Edgar? Zaldo. Son of a bitch. He never fought Edgar. Okay, yeah. So Aldo knocked him out in the second round, and then Chancellor Dunn knocked him out in the first round. He does have a win over Calvin Cater and Cup Swanson, loss of Brian Ortega. Has a win over Jeremy Stevens. Literally, he's fought like the who's who. He's got like two guys. I mean, Zabora, uh, he has a split decision win over that. Tom Nikamaki, his debut was the only guy he fought that wasn't somebody. So this dude's been through the fucking gauntlet. Um, I don't like the number next to his name. Minus 335, even though I think Demir isn't all that great. Um, I think Mukano with his pass, his chin could be gone. I like him moving up in weight. He's a he was a bigger forty five er, but I do like him up moving in weight. Um, hopefully his chin holds up a little more. But yeah, he uh, he needs a win here. I don't like him at minus three thirty five. Don't touch that on the betting line. All right, next up, Damian Maya, who's twenty five and nine. He has a plus one fifty five hundred dollars. Gilbert Burns, who's seventeen and three. He's a minus one ninety favorite. Lot of get lot of love for Damian Maya here. You know the guy's forty two, still fighting at a high level. He just had a great win over Ben Askren. Kind of a weird matchup. You, you, you would think he would get a bigger name. I think that says a lot about Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns at 170. Wants to fight all the time. You follow him on Twitter. Anytime 170, 185 pound guy drops out, he's willing to fucking step in. He's fantastic on the ground. Is he as good as Damian Maia on the ground? Um, credentially, I think they're about the same. But in MMA, probably not. Damian Maia is, has way more submissions in MMA than Gilbert Burns. But Gilbert Burns used to be the jiu-jitsu coach of... Uh, Vitor Belfort, he is world class on the ground. Don't don't make any mistakes about it. But he's been knocking dudes out. He's been sleeping fools, is what they say. Uh, Damian Maya is going to have a hard time, I think, getting this fight to the ground. Gilbert Burns has said he has a good chance of submitting Damian Maya, which no one has done in MMA, which would be really interesting to see if he submits Damian Maya. Man, he's I mean he's right up there at 170 now. No no one's going to forget about that. That is a big feather in your cap. You submit Damian Maya. I don't see that happening. I see Gilbert Burns working the hands. I see Damian shooting in for some deep takedowns, not getting it, getting cut, getting busted up, 
and uh, just probably losing the decision. He's a tough guy. There's no quitting Damian Maya, but I see Gilbert Burns fucking him up with some punches, and hopefully he doesn't get tired himself. He does have decent cardio, but uh, he's aggressive, and he's got heavy hands, and I really kind of want to see if it plays on the ground because I want to see this guy, a world-class jiu-jitsu guy like Gilbert Burns, play with Damian Maya, and we'll see how it goes. And uh, we'll see how – I mean, we all know Damian Maya's great on the ground, fantastic, one of the best ever doing MMA. Gilbert Burns has the credentials, but we don't know how good he is. So um, I'm all on Gilbert Burns. I like that. That was going to be my lock in the night um, outright, but uh, he's a little higher than Johnny Walker. So I want to give you guys some more bang of your buck. All right. Next up, Kevin Lee, who is 18 and five. He's a minus five, uh, five, one fifth, uh, one fifty on a uh, favorite. What am I? What's going on with me today? However, he did miss weight. This was from yesterday. So he possibly is moving down. Um, but I got him at 150 yesterday. He's fighting Charles Oliveira, who's 26 and 6, 26 and 8. Can't read it. Eyes are bad. Uh, plus 120 underdog. This is an impossible fight. Let me take a drink, okay? No drink button yet. Listen, this is an impossible fight to pick. It really, really is. Kevin Lee missed weight, right? 158.6. The Brazilian Athletic Commission wouldn't let him cut the weight, more weight, that is. He's in Brazil. The coronavirus is going on. You got a lot of things on your mind, like how I'm going to get back home. You know, if I get back home, like what kind of process am I have to go through? Um, mentally, it, it, it's fucking with guys who have to go to different countries. I know it is, right? Oliveira, native of Brazil. I don't know if he's from Brazilia, but you know, this is his hometown fight. Kevin Lee. Charles Oliveira's earned this, right? Charles Oliveira's wrapped off some big, big wins. He's on fire of late. He's knocking dudes out. He's submitting everybody. Uh, Kevin Lee coming off a big win over Gregory Lepsey, but the, the weight loss, missing weight really hurts him because I was almost knocked out of the year if George Moss would out and knee Ben Askren into 2022. Um, stylistically, though, Kevin Lee uh, with Faraz, he looked pretty good in, in, in the uh, Gregor fight. A little, little bit of boxing, a lot of kicking. Um, kept like a low stance, probably because Gregor was going to shoot. Oliveira is really fast. Punches are straight. He's skinny, but he hits hard. His kicks are great. Both guys throw pretty good leg kicks. Kevin Lee, obviously the better wrestler. Could take this fight to the ground whenever he want it. Don't know if he wants that. Kevin Lee is very good on the ground. He you know, he talks about his, his uh, jiu-jitsu game all the time, how he rolled with Dylan Danis, and Dylan Danis, you know, he outrolled Dylan Danis or maybe submitted him or whatever the fuck he said. Charles Oliveira is a guy you don't want to play with on the ground. You just don't want to do it. There's no way in fucking hell, none, that Faraz has told Kevin Lee to take this fight to the ground. Charles Oliveira, in the past, when you beat up his body, when you hit him hard to the head, even if it doesn't knock him out, you hit him hard to the head enough times, he's kind of folded. He's quit before. Hopefully this is a more mature Charles Oliveira. He's in Brazil, right? He's on that great win streak. He hasn't done that in a while, but I can see Kevin Lee bringing out the dog in himself coming after Oliveira. Oliveira made weight. Now, albeit he's not a big 155-er, he's fought at 45 before, but he made the weight. He had to cut the weight. Kevin Lee did not have to cut the weight. The commission said, whoever said, no more. So he didn't deplete himself. When guys miss weight, it's like a 20% more chance they win or something. There's a crazy stat out there. Look it up. I'm not making that up. I was very split on this fight. I didn't know who was going to win because Kevin Lee, even though he's going to have to keep the feet on his fight, it's going to be a rough first round. Kevin Lee's been buzzed before. Kevin Lee's been hurt before. 
it's going to be a rough first round. I don't think Kevin Lee has crazy knockout power in his hands. That kick was fantastic. He threw on Gregor, but they were boxing before that, and it was fairly even. Oliveira stands up tall when he fights, throws straight punches, really good kicks. Kevin Lee's got to really work on the inside to get in there. Kevin Lee's going to be the bigger man physically, but height-wise, reach-wise, he's probably not, even though Kevin Lee does have some really long arms. With that being said, though, I like Kevin Lee in this fight. I'm going to go with Kevin Lee. I'm going to go with the odds that the guy that didn't have to cut the weight is probably going to win. Oliveira, though, I'm rooting for Oliveira. I have nothing against Kevin Lee. However, Oliveira, I think I want to see him with the best of the best. We haven't got to see that yet. I want to see him fight Tony Ferguson. I want to see him fight Justin Gaethje. I want to see him fight Conor McGregor, if that's a possibility. I want to see what this guy has because he's adding more skills to his game. His stand-up game is sharp. His jiu-jitsu is world-class. It's just he's quit in the past when he's gotten the big shots. This is his main event. No bigger win than now against a guy who runs his mouth, against a guy who is high-profile. I think this is Kevin Lee's like eighth or ninth or tenth maybe even main event. He's a good-looking kid. He talks well. They're trying to promote him. Oliveira comes, beats him. You're looking at top five. You're looking at Gates. You're looking at Connor. You're looking at one of those guys, right? If they take the fight, maybe even the winner of Dan Hooker, Poirier. You're looking at one of those top, top dudes. Um, and so I'm rooting for Oliveira. However, uh, I'm going to pick Kevin Lee. I think Kevin Lee gets it done by just aggression and, and eventually wearing down Oliveira. I don't know if Oliveira can go five rounds. Kevin Lee has been five rounds before. Um, and I think he's got that in him. And I like the fact that he's training for Haas. For Haas, a hobby. All right, so this is short and sweet. Um, I want to hop on and t- talk to you guys, give you the pick for the UFC this weekend. Didn't know what was happening. Um, uh, hopefully, this gives you some kind of relief, at least a 35-minute, whatever this ends up being, relief of um, a little bit of away from the coronavirus because it's everywhere. Uh, and hopefully, you stay safe. Hopefully, you know, you're not shaking hands. Hopefully, you're not uh, eating some gross pussy. Hopefully, you're not uh, sticking your dick in what you shouldn't. I don't know. That's how coronavirus spreads, right? Um, no, honestly, be safe. Be smart. Be sensible. I know it's going to suck when things get closed down. I know it's going to suck when things get moved and whatever. But, you know, it's better than everyone in the world being sick so we can watch a basketball game or everyone in the world being sick so we can fly to fucking... Italy for our 14th vacation this year. You know what I mean? So let's just be sensible. Let's be uh, courteous to each other and let's uh, let's beat this fucking thing. Let's beat coronavirus. Let's say coronavirus go fuck off, right? That's what I say. All right. Let's enjoy the fights this weekend, boys. We got fights. Let's let's be looking, let's be happy for that. I'll see ya. Woo! Hey fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Good. The name is Dollar.